0: Welcome to the History of Christianity, Episode 5, Jesus, the Ministry Years. Immediately after Jesus' baptism, Jesus was sent out into the wilderness, fasting for 40 days. It's likely that we're meant to see Jesus' experience in comparison with Israel's 40 years in the wilderness. Whereas Israel failed the test, Jesus, in his weakened state from fasting, is able to reject the temptations of Satan and remain faithful. It's difficult to come up with a complete chronological account of the ministry of Jesus. There are problems in trying to blend John with the synoptics, and even within the synoptics, the authors rearrange certain events. The best we can do is come up with a rough idea of the important events. Basically, what we're looking at is a ministry in the north, in Galilee, where his hometown of Nazareth was located, followed by a journey southward to Judea, and ultimately Jerusalem, which led to his arrest and crucifixion. Beyond that, it's difficult to come up with an exact chronology. Instead of simply reciting all of the events listed in the Gospels, we'll look at some of the important themes. One of the things that Jesus was known for was his miracles. Jesus was far more than just a religious or ethical teacher. Some have suggested that Jesus healed people through the power of suggestion. This seems unlikely when it comes to making the lame walk and the blind see, Those miracles require much more than just relieving a headache. Beyond that, Jesus did many other miracles than just healing the sick. Surely walking on water cannot be accomplished by the power of suggestion. The feeding of the 5,000 with the five loaves and the two fish was a very important miracle, being the only miracle, other than the resurrection, that appears in all four Gospels. John uses the miracles in a very specific way, describing them as signs. They were signs pointing to the identity of Jesus and the nature of his messiahship. Speaking of the Messiah, did Jesus claim to be the Messiah or the Christ? Early in the 20th century, there was a New Testament scholar named William Reed who came up with the concept of the messianic secret. This emerged from observations of how in the Gospels Jesus often tells people, or demons, who recognized him as the Christ, to not tell anyone about it. Reed's conclusion was that the historical Jesus never claimed to be the Messiah, that this was attributed to him after his death. Many scholars now reject Reed's conclusions, although we must still deal with Jesus' warning not to tell. It's more likely that Jesus was not eager to embrace the title Messiah because of pre-existing understandings of the concept. There was not one Jewish idea of the Messiah. There were numerous ideas of what the Messiah would be like, some groups even expecting two Messiahs. However, none of them understood the Messiah the way Jesus was going to fulfill the prophecies. It was only going to be after the crucifixion and resurrection that people would understand the way the Messiah would really accomplish God's mission. Instead of Christ, or even Son of God, Jesus' preferred title for himself was the Son of Man, The Son of Man was a complex concept that had two opposite meanings that only came together in Jesus. The original meaning of Son of Man simply means human being. Even a quick reading of the book of Ezekiel will show how Son of Man means human being. However, there is another meaning. There's a prophecy in Daniel chapter 7 verses 13 to 14 which says, In my vision at night I looked, and there before me was one like a son of man, coming with the clouds of heaven. He approached the Ancient of Days and was led into his presence. He was given authority, glory, and sovereign power. All nations and peoples of every language worshipped him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away, and his kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. The Son of Man is some sort of divine being that is closely related to the Ancient of Days. By embracing the title Son of Man, Jesus was identifying himself with this figure. But as he did so, because of the original meeting, some might see him simply as a human being. Only by listening to his teachings and believing in him would people come to see that Jesus was also Daniel's Son of Man. One of the major themes of Jesus' teaching was that of the Kingdom of God. In fact, we're told that Jesus preached a gospel, or good news, and that the content of that gospel – was that the kingdom of God was at hand. The kingdom of heaven in Matthew's gospel is the same thing as the kingdom of God. Matthew uses heaven instead of God due to his Jewish audience's sensitivity regarding God's name. There's much confusion regarding the nature of the kingdom of God. Some see the kingdom of God as being heaven, perhaps because of Matthew's phrasing. However, the kingdom of God is more expansive than that. Jesus seems to be saying that the kingdom was appearing in his ministry. His healings and miracles were signs of the kingdom of God. His proclaiming of justice for the marginalized was a sign of the kingdom of God. And yet there seems to be a future aspect to the kingdom of God as well. When Jesus returns, the kingdom of God will come in its fullness. The New Testament describes a kingdom that is both now and not yet. Two things must be understood with regard to the kingdom of God. There must be a king, and there must be a people who are being ruled. The king is God, and the people are the followers of Jesus. Christians are to both pray for and work toward the expansion of the kingdom of God in this world. As we read in the Lord's Prayer, Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus was followed by a number of disciples. There was a fairly large group of disciples. At one point, Jesus sent out 70 disciples on a mission. There probably were more than this. Within this larger group, there was a smaller group of 12. The number 12 was neither coincidental nor a matter of practicality. The 12 disciples are meant to make us think about the 12 tribes of Israel. These 12 disciples are often called the 12 apostles. Apostle means sent one. It must be noted that apostles were not limited to the twelve. See 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verses 5 to 7. All the twelve were apostles, but not all the apostles belonged to the twelve. Within the group of the twelve, there was still yet an inner core that was comprised of Peter, James, and John. I often wonder why Peter's brother Andrew was not included in this group. But the Bible is silent on this issue. More will be discussed about the Apostles in a later episode. For many people, the death and resurrection of Jesus is the story of the gospel. Obviously, those two events are central to the story of Jesus. However, we should not see the teachings and actions of Jesus before that as simply filler before the important stuff takes place. All four Gospels spend a significant amount of time on Jesus' ministry in Galilee and Judea. We need to take these passages seriously. Thank you for listening to this episode of the History of Christianity. I encourage you to check out my website at hopesreason.com. Thank you, and God bless.